0: All right, tonight, if you will, go to uh, 1 Kings chapter number 2. 1 Kings chapter number 2. 1 Kings chapter number 2, then I'd like for you, will, to find one verse in the book of James, James chapter number 1, verse number 18. I guess what I'll just do tonight is I will read James chapter number 1 and verse number 18 while you hold your place in 1 Kings uh, chapter number 2. I'll read James 1 and verse 18. And then try to bring you this fault the Lord has laid on our heart this evening. Okay, stand with us, if you will, for the reading of reverence of the word of God. Read one verse of scripture, James chapter number one, <laughs> verse number 18. The Bible said, of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. You can be seated tonight. Heavenly Father, we come to you. We thank you for this great opportunity to be in your house once again. Tonight, we ask God that you'd help us to clear the burden of our heart. Lord, with the thought that you have placed on our heart, Lord, throughout the remainder of this day, just dealing with us over and over about what you brought in our heart, Lord, yesterday and then into the night, last night and early in this morning, we ask God that you'd just help us a little while, give us what we stand in need of. We'll be very, very careful Give you the praise and the glory and honor for it all. For we know tonight that if anything is good and is done right, it will be because you are the one that done it. Well, be careful, Lord, once again, to praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to take notice here in James chapter number one, what the Bible says. It says, of his own will begat he us. Now, we understand that we're begotten of the Lord. And I thank God tonight that he left the nine in nine went to where I was and found me and brought me and restored me unto himself. I appreciate that. Many a time uh, I have got out of the sheepfold in my life and the Lord has sought me in his mercy, come to where I was and brought me back and restored me. And I appreciate that. But the Bible says of his own will begat He us with the word of truth. And I want you to notice with me tonight and I... No, this may sound uh, simple, but I want to look at this in the context of what we were dealing with this morning on David having talked to uh, Solomon at the end of his life and told him to show himself a man. Now, having that idea and having that thought, I want us to hone in on this portion of verse number 18 where he said, with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Now, I want you to know tonight that we're aware we're at today because someone shared with us the truth. And I, I kind of last, uh, I guess Thursday night or uh, as we was in the New Year's service, the Lord just was working in my heart uh, with, the, with the thought that one cannot get saved until they first become lost. And uh, we today have a desire and we, we want to see a lost and dying world get saved and we say that we want folk to get in by the good grace of God and we share things with them. We talk about Jesus, we talk about a cross and we talk about shed blood and we have all these uh these kind of uh sayings if you will you know that really and truly someone that knows nothing of Christ probably isn't going to understand anyway. Uh you know, but we 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 talk about these things but we and we discussed the other night about how we have to go out and tell a lost and dying world who Jesus is and why Jesus died. And we was looking at the fact that Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. And when he left, he left and was ascended back to the Father. He left the Holy Spirit in us and to give us the power, that same power that brought Jesus up out of the grave. Uh, is the same power that you and I go in today to tell lost in thine world about Christ. But I fear, uh, as I stated the other night, what's lacking is we don't tell people what's really wrong with them. We have got so good in 2021 in figuring out how not to tell somebody what it is that we're trying to tell them. And in, in all honesty, I want us to understand tonight that the Bible says of his own will beget he us with what? The word of truth, simply put, whether it feels good or whether it feels bad, what we need today in this day and age is the truth. Nothing but the truth is going to help anyone. If someone had sugar footed it or soft shoot around it, what was wrong with me as an individual, I surely could be lost today. But I thank God somebody called sin for what it was. We like to talk about sin in a general sense. We like to talk about problems in a general sense, but we're scared to death today to tell somebody what's wrong with them. Listen, I want you to know today, we, nothing's gonna work except the truth. All right, and so listen, I want us to understand you have no need tonight for personal salvation until you become lost. Oh, there's a need, but you don't see it. You don't know it. If you're lost and somebody don't tell you the truth, you don't know no better. So we are begotten of the truth. I'm where I'm at today because of the truth. And the truth is what matters. Listen, we're scared to death to tell somebody the truth. Listen, we get around folk that's our friends and our loved ones, and we are scared to death to tell them the truth because they might not like it. Listen to me now. I want to say something to you tonight. Proverbs 14 and 5, if we don't tell the truth, listen now, when we start taking the word of God and only giving portions of it and hold back on other portions of it for fear of what somebody would say or think about us, we are purposely not giving them the whole truth. And a half truth is a whole lie. You need to understand that. Now, Proverbs 14 and 5, says a faithful witness will not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. So here's the problem with that. I fear that the church is walking around giving a half truth, scared to death to tell people what's really wrong. We've made that art today out of preaching the Bible from the pulpit and try not to offend someone. Now listen, that's not my goal to offend. And if your goal is to upset someone or to hurt their feelings, then you've got the wrong motivation in your heart before you ever got started today, friend. But I'll say this, love causes someone to tell the truth. This idea of, well, I just listen to them and try to be there for them. And and I just try to, you know, try to let them get through it on their own. Now, if you know that something's wrong today, friend, you're not loving folk if you won't tell them the truth. They're already in a bad state of affairs. They're already in a shape that's bad. They're already in a place where the devil has got them where they want them. And if you and I won't share the truth, who's going to today, friend? There's a lot of people that know what's right and wrong. They need somebody to tell them what's wrong. They need somebody to tell them, hey, you're going in the wrong direction. Oh, but we love them and because we love them. We soft shoe around it and we're tender with them. And we try to be calm and collected and sweet. And, and, you know, we don't want to hurt their feelings. You're not hurting their feelings if you give them the truth. You're not hurting their feelings if you give them the Bible. If it bothers them, they have a problem with the word of God. And so I, I guess I'm a little sensitive tonight because I know the danger of what it is to pussyfoot around behind the pulpit and to do it behind the podium and to do it on the phone with your friends and your wives and your children. It's a scary thing today, friend. And people are, people are soft-shoeing everything. They, it's, it's the family and the friends that we soft-shoe around the most. Every time. Now listen to me. Proverbs 12 and 22 says, lying lips are abomination to the Lord but they that deal truly are his delight. Listen to me. When we're, we're, to, we're to study to show ourself approved, right? We're to rightly divide the word of truth. We're to preach and teach the whole counsel of God. And so to purposely not say something to someone that you know would help them get on the right direction and steer them right back to where they need to be, you are not befriending them. You are not helping them. You are not aiding them. You are harboring them and allowing them to go further in the direction that they are going that is the wrong direction. Listen, I know that we love folk and I understand that folk... Uh, there's a way we ought to talk to people. I understand that. I've preached it myself on perception and reception and how that Nathan went to David. I know that. And I'm not saying that we walk up to them and just punch them in the mouth with it. But I'm saying that there's nothing wrong with love. Tell them somebody what the Bible has to say. Where we find this becoming the biggest issue, I find, is our friends and our loved ones. And uh, we were scared to tell them what the truth is for some reason. Look at look at 1 Corinthians with me for just a moment. Chapter uh, number 13. 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. And I'm not really at all heading in the direction that I thought I'd go, so just bear with me here. We may save the rest of this for another night. But 1 Corinthians chapter number 13 and verse number four. Bible said, starting in verse uh, number four, charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. So right now we're looking at what charity, what love is not, okay? And it says, is not puffed up doth not behave itself unseemly. So loving someone, love, charity, does not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth. Now I want you to know tonight that love and truth Flow hand in hand. You can't have love without truth. God so loved the world, right? Jesus Christ is God uh, manifest in the flesh. He was the word. The word was uh, was was born, took on flesh. And we understand the word of God is truth. It's written in love. That's what truth is. And, and anything but the truth's not gonna help and, and you say you love folk and you say you care for folk and you say all these things and I say these things but if I neglect to tell the truth I friend am giving someone the a harboring effect that we do not need to give them today. We are telling them in not so many words that what they're doing is no big deal. I'm Listen to me tonight and I love you but I'm sick to death of preachers that act like it's wrong to preach against sin. I've had it up to here with people that act like it's wrong to preach against sin. Do you know how one knows that they're a sinner? You preach against the sin in their life. And then when they realize that they're a sinner, they realize they're lost, then they know they need to save you. That's how this thing works today. You talk about Jesus dying on a cross, then you blow in the face. But until you realize that blood he shed was to cover of your sin debt today, friend, how are you going to do anything about it? We got to tell folk what's wrong. You can't tell folk, you can't get folk the right answer till they realize something's wrong with them today, friend. Love and truth go hand in hand. People, listen to me now. People don't care about you. If they will not tell you the truth. So I don't know about that preacher. It's because I love them and I care about them that causes me to bite my tongue. No, no, you care about yourself. So how's that preacher? We're afraid if we offend somebody, they may cut us off. They may not talk to us no more. If I go tell my brother, my mother, my daddy, my sister, my friend down here, what's really wrong. They may get mad at me and not talk to me no more. You know why you won't tell them the truth? It's not because that you love them so much. It's because you love yourself. You care about yourself. And you don't want to be, you don't want anything to hinder your relationship with one that you're telling the truth to. And I tell you the truth today, friend. If you love them, if you care about them, you'll tell them the truth. You know why? God left the book right here because he loves me. He left a book for me to live by and he cares about me. And this book showed me I have a problem. But I thank God, Brother Gene, for every problem there's ever been, there's a solution. And his name is Jesus Christ. And for every problem that you've got, and for everything that's wrong in your life, you can go to the blessed word of God that liveth and abideth, friend, and you can get some help for your trouble. But you can't get the help till you realize that you've gotten the trouble. So here's what I want to look at for just a moment, having that, a thought. Let's look at First Kings chapter number two for just a minute. First Kings chapter number two. And considering this thought about David having uh, told uh, Solomon to show himself a man, we find in, uh, let's drop down here to uh, verse number 10. 1 Kings chapter number two and verse number 10. Bible said, so David slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. So we know that David is talked to uh, that of Solomon. He, on his dying, on his deathbed, he gave him some instructions. and He told him to show thyself a man. And uh, we find here in verse number 10 that David has now passed away. Verse number 11, so in the days that David reigned over Israel were for 40 years, seven years reigned he in Hebron and 30 and three years reigned he in Jerusalem. Then set Solomon upon the throne of David, his father, and his kingdom was established greatly. Now, Adonijah, the son of Haggith, came to Bathsheba. Now, Haggith was a wife to that of King David, all right? And so this is Solomon's half-brother by King David. And uh, Haggith has come uh, to Bathsheba, the mother of, of Solomon. Now, if you'll remember, Adonijah uh, has got an odd against Solomon because he wanted the kingdom. He expected to be on the throne of David, not Solomon. And so we understand that when Solomon took over, or was anointed a uh, king, or was placed as king, rather from his father uh, David, that uh, we understand that Adonijah, back in chapter number one, feared. And he ran to the horns of the altar saying, let King Solomon swear unto me today that he will not slay his servant with a sword. And Solomon said, if he will show himself a worthy man, here again, there's that man statement, there shall not an hair of him fall to the earth, but if wickedness shall be found in him, he shall die. This wickedness in which we're talking of is him trying to overthrow the kingdom. And Solomon says, if you become a threat to the kingdom, you're surely gonna die. But if you'll show yourself a good man and you'll do right, there'll not be a hair on your head bothered as long as I am the king. So King Solomon sent and they brought him down from the altar and he came about himself to King Solomon. So Solomon sent word to, to, to Adonijah and Adonijah comes and sees Solomon face to face and Solomon said unto him, so we see that Solomon has spoken to him face to face. Now they need to pay attention to this. There's an interaction. I'm going somewhere This a little lengthy, but there'll be a good outcome if you'll follow along for just a minute. You'll find here that Solomon has face to face, he has seen and talked to that of Adonijah and give him leave to go to his house. But Adonijah knows that Solomon is the king and King Solomon has spared his life and, and Adonijah is wanting to get something from King Solomon, but he knows better than to go to King Solomon. So he goes to that of Bathsheba, and I want you to pay attention because there's a reason for this. And Bathsheba, fixing to run into trouble, and because she's got now. Listen, this young man grew up in David's household. This young man, whether it was whether it was Bathsheba's child or not, this, this young man grew up in and around that of Bathsheba. Need pay attention to this for just a moment, okay? So, Bathsheba has got a stepchild, if you will, and she's got her son Solomon, and we've got this matter of a relationship being twisted and distorted to get an outcome. Why is it that Adonijah would not go to King Solomon with his petition? He knew the petition that he was going to ask, and what is that petition? It says here in verse number 13, and she said, Comest thou peaceably, question mark? And he said, Peaceably. He said, moreover, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And she said, say on. And he said, thou knowest that the kingdom was mine. What? Why is that relevant? Because he's trying to play on her emotion. Feel sorry for me, Bathsheba, because this kingdom was mine, but it was taken from me. So I've got a petition. And if you care about my problem of not having what I thought was going to be mine, you'll help me get what I want. Starts playing on the emotion of Bathsheba here. says He said thou knowest that the kingdom was mine That all Israel set their faces on me That I should reign Howbeit the kingdom is turned about And has become my brothers For it was his from the Lord And now I ask one petition Of thee deny me not And she said unto him Say on And he said speak I pray thee Unto Solomon the king For he will not say thee Nay That he give me Abishag the Shunammite to wife, and Bathsheba said, Well, I will speak for thee under the king. In other words, he flat out tells Bathsheba, The reason I'm asking you is because he can tell me no, but he can't say no to you. Do you know why that is? Because there's a relationship factor. Listen, when we start dealing with personal relationships, we run into a snag every time. It's a lot easier, Brother Gene, for me to go down here on the street and tell old so and so what's wrong. But it's a whole lot harder for me to tell my mom or my daddy, or my brothers, or my sisters, or my, my family, or my close friends that I grew up with what is wrong. And you say, why is that? Because we fear that there's going to come a problem that will cause separation in our relationships. And essentially, Our personal relationships take more priority and precedence than the spiritual well-being of the one that we care about. Every single time. And it's psychology. This is what's happening here. We're playing on Bathsheba's emotions. We've got a man that's smart enough to know how to leverage to get what he wants out of the relationship. Now listen, this happens often. It happens in the church. It happens in churches everywhere. Oh, everything's fine down until it's your little Beth or your little Jonathan that gets all messed up. And when it becomes one of your own, then we start making excuses for it and uh, overlooking it and, and well, he didn't mean that or they didn't, that's not what's really going on. In all reality, we're scared to say the truth. Amen. Scared to death to tell the truth. Listen to me now. We need to, we need to look at Adonijah was using the leverage of a personal relationship to gain access to having his own personal wants and desires met. By allowing these personal relationships to take precedent over what is right, you actually are bringing destruction down on yourself. So what do you mean, preacher? Well, you got to understand what he's doing here. He's edging his way towards the kingdom. Adonijah was making a move on the chessboard towards the throne. One little move at a time. And Solomon's mother, who loved him probably more than anybody on the face of God's earth, was instrumental in being that one move to bring Solomon down off of his throne because she allowed someone to leverage her emotionally. And then to leverage Solomon because they thought, he thought, Adonijah thought that Solomon surely, did not have it within him to tell his mother, no. Now follow along with me for just a moment because this gets interesting. Verse number 19 says, Bathsheba therefore went unto King Solomon to speak unto him for Adonijah. And the king rose up to meet her and bowed himself unto her and sat down on his throne and caused a seat to be set to the king's mother. And she sat on his right hand. Well, she had a place beside him that no one else had. She had access to him in a way no one else had access to. We find the love that he had towards his mother by the way that he's responded to her presence. Listen, you'll do things for your mother and father and sister and brother and cousins and aunts and uncles and your your close loved ones that you wouldn't do for just anybody. Why? Because there's a relationship there. So let's, let's look on here. He says, then she said, I desire one small petition of thee. Listen, this one small thing led to a great big problem. Now I want you to think about this for just a minute. When we start making excuses and allowing relationships to go unchecked because of our fear that it could cause division or drive a wedge between us and the ones that we love. And we allow things to be done and said that we know aren't shouldn't be done and shouldn't be said. And we overlook it. It is a small thing in our eyes but it leads to a much bigger problem. And so here's what I want us to look at here. The Bible says in uh, verse 20, then she said, I desire one small petition of thee. I pray thee, say thee not nay. And the king said unto her, ask on my mother, for I will not say thee nay. Looks like Adonijah probably done some pretty good figuring as to the case with the relationship between Bathsheba And Solomon. All right, so verse 21 says, and she said, let Abishag the Shunammite be given to Adonijah, thy brother to wife. And King Solomon answered and said unto his mother, and why dost thou ask Abishag the Shunammite for Adonijah? Ask for him the kingdom also, for he is mine elder brother even for him and for uh, Abiathar the priest and for Joab the son of Zeruah. Then King Solomon swear by the Lord saying, God do so to me and more also if Adonijah have not spoken this word against his own life. Now, therefore, as the Lord liveth, which hath established me and set me on the throne of David, my father, and who hath made me in house as he promised Adonijah shall be put to death this day. And King Solomon sent by the hand of Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and he fell upon him, That he died. Now let me explain to you something. Do you remember that charge that David gave to Solomon earlier in the chapter? Think about this for just a minute. He said to show thyself a man. Sometimes being the bigger person is a hard thing to do. And right in this situation, we find not long after David has died and late discharged him, Solomon is fixing to have to make a very hard decision. He is going to have to decide if he's going to put the kingdom and his throne at stake for the sake of making his mother happy. Or he's going to have to take a chance of upsetting his mother and doing what he knows is right. And sometimes you and I are faced with that very, very, very hard thing to deal with. Sometimes we have no choice but to take the loved ones that we have and the friends that we have that are calling us on the phone or coming by our house or coming to dinner with us and saying to us things that we know are not right. We have to make a decision to allow the relationship to cause us not to tell them the whole truth or to do what we know is right and take the chance of losing that relationship. And I'll tell you this, if you'll do what's right, friend, God will stand by you and he will help you. But by taking a chance, friend, at making the wrong decision, you're opening yourself up for a far bigger problem that could cost you way more than this one relationship. The kingdom was at stake. Israel was at stake. Listen to me today, friend. The church is at stake. Lost souls are at stake. And you and I better get a good case of growing up today and be willing to tell the truth. And if you love people the way that you say you do, you'll tell them the truth. The truth is what gets the job done, friend. So we find here in John 8 and 32, and I'm trying to wind up here, okay? I'm not gonna, I'm not even gonna go this other direction. I'll deal with it another night. Bible says we'll all have to buckle up for this just anyway, okay? John 8 and 32 says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I'm free today because of truth, and I thank God for truth. John 14:6 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth. And the life. No man cometh unto the Father but not by me. He's not only the way, but He's the truth. And what He's authored in these 66 collected books is truth. God breathed inspiration, friend, and you and I need it for our day to day life. Every bit of it. So let me say this. Brother Shane mentioned this morning uh, in his devotion about it being impossible for God to lie. You realize that there's nothing in this Bible that can or will lead us astray. And if you take what's in this Bible, in love, and give it to someone who is not right with God, friend, you cannot harm them. It will not harm them. They may not like it. They may get frustrated with it. But friend, it will do for them what they need. You do your job and let God do the rest. We have to do our part. And listen, it only matters what God thinks about something. See, we have people, listen, that Solomon could have got worried about what Bathsheba was going to think. But he had to look at the bigger picture. And you and I have to look at the bigger picture. It only mattered what God thinks about a thing. It only matters what God thinks about what we're doing. It only matters if what if what we're saying uh, is truth or not. It matters to God. Listen listen to me. David's brothers. We were looking at David this morning. And we were talking about David and Goliath and and how David had charged Solomon to show himself a man. And we talked about how that when Jesus was talking to the multitude about John the Baptist. And they was talking about, did you come uh, to see one in soft raiment?" Talking about how the soft raiment was for soft people that were in the king's house, you know. David didn't grow up in the king's palace. David grew up on the backside out here in the pasture with the sheep. David had a rough little life. David knew what it was. David didn't grow up with a silver spoon in his mouth. And he's telling Solomon here, son, you grew up in the king's house, but you better show yourself a man. And so we find it here that Solomon's had to make a man-sized decision even when it was against a family member that really was, was not working too good on his behalf right here. But here's what I want us to see. David's brother saw a shepherd. Samuel saw a king. Goliath saw a dog. Saul seen a youth but God saw a warrior and because God saw a warrior Israel saw victory now here's what I want to tell you tonight it really don't matter what other people think it really don't matter what other people's opinions are because guess what if you walk through life thinking you're going to please everybody you'll surely not please God you will have to make a decision you're either going to please God and let everything else fall where it does or you're going to please people and God's going to be put on the back burner. It's that simple tonight. But it matters what God thinks. David went into this man. Listen to me. David went to the battlefield with one thing on his mind. And that was God. And he understood that it was going to take God to help him win victory for the Israelites. Listen, if we want to help a lost and dying world, if we want to help our church, if you want to help our family, if we want to help our friends, we will tell them, the truth. Even when it hurts, even when it embarrasses us to have to tell them, even when it causes fear to strike in our heart because we're scared of rejection. We're scared of a good cussing. We're scared that somebody's going to jump down our throat. We're scared to death. You know what? I've been cussed and it ain't hurt me yet. I'm still alive. I've been talked down to. It. Listen, about 90% of my family don't even hard to talk to me right now. But you know what? I can help them. I've got to go do what God tells me to do and trust that through prayer and through God's provision, he can help get them where they need to be. But I cannot let it deter me from doing what God wants me to do. Truth is what God and God's word says about something. And, and what God's word says is truth. And you and I have but one thing to do in this life and that's share The gospel. Share the word of God. Share the truth. Listen, not in hypocrisy, but in love. And we're to to, to love and show ourselves in love. And we're to live out this love. And we're to, to live a life that's pleasing to God before people. You're not doing anybody any good, friend, by not telling people the truth. We can tell the truth sometimes to anyone but our friends. And I just, I don't understand that. John, well, I understand it, but it bothers me that we can allow these things to affect us in such a manner that we will not share with people the truth. John the Apostle has addressed uh, one of his previous converts personally, uh, Gaius, here in Third John. Turn with me to Third John, and we'll be done tonight. I won't try to keep you much longer here. Third John. We're going to read verse three quickly. The Bible says, beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you, I'm in Jude, hold on, that's not gonna work. We need John. third John, excuse me. All right, third John, chapter number one, only chapter in third John, verse number three. For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee. Even as thou walkest in truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And so here's what I want you to see. The apostle John, he's saying here that he is greatly rejoicing because brethren, born again believers have came and testified to the apostle John of the truth that was in this well beloved one called Gaius, all right, or Gaius, and uh, he's he's expressing here in this uh, personal uh, a greeting, if you will, to Gaius, uh, that he says, "Even as thou walkest in truth." So it's it's been made known that this one uh, is no doubt living and walking in the truth of God. He says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children. Now, what is what is the Apostle John saying here? He's talking about the fact that this one was a convert under the Apostle John's ministry. The Apostle John has given himself to the ministry. He's preached Jesus Christ and crucified. And he's found that this one Gaius has has given his life to Christ and become a brother. But it happened under the ministry of the Apostle John. That's why he's calling him a child are his children. But he's saying this, he says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Truth, truth is where it's at. We're trying to live and abide by the scripture. If we're gonna live and abide by the scripture, we gotta know what it says. That's why Paul told Timothy to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. It's a shame not to know what God's word has to say to us. It's a shame. We're supposed to study to show ourselves approved because it's a shame not to know what his word says so that we can rightly divide it. What's the purpose of rightly dividing? So we can rightly live by it. We rightly divide it and we share it so we can live right according to God and according to his word. This world is lost and undone. People in the house of God are living any way they want to live today. Doing whatever they want to do. And we act like that we can't say anything to them about it specifically because if we approach them specifically, we might hurt their feelings and they might leave. We're not trying to run folk off, we're trying to love folk and our spirit better be right but friend, if we don't tell them the truth, we are failing because that one cannot be effectual in their life if they're living to sin. And you know ultimately what we're trying to do? We're crazy today if we preachers think that we can save the world. And we can't preach on sin. Because if we preach on sin, we're going to offend. No, if we get the church right today, the church could do what the church is supposed to do. The church could be effectual for the cause of Christ. It's not my primary, it's not my only, let me say this. It's not my only job to preach to lost people. My my job is to feed the flock of God and to help keep the flock of God where the flock of God can be effectual for the cause of Christ. And Part of that, friend, is telling the truth and it's the same way at home. You may be the only spiritual voice of reason in your family. God help you to to get it together and be what God wants you to be. If it's riding on you, say, preacher, I'm the only one. My family loves God. It's riding on you. It's riding on you. Don't sugarfoot. your foot. Don't sugarfoot. Don't soft shoe it. Love, be tender, be compassionate, be ready to help at any time, but tell them the truth. Hey, if you got to tell them the truth with te- tell the truth with tears running down your eyes, do it, friend. It'll do a whole lot better than a frown and a scowl on your face, but tell the truth. You're not helping folk if you won't tell the truth. It's the truth that set me free. It's the truth that sets you free. It's the truth that showed you what you was and it'll be the truth, friend, that helps provoke get right with God and it'll be folks getting right with God that helps us get a lost and dying world saved. That's the recipe. People have got cold. People have got complacent. Listen, eight backslid preachers all over this world. That's exactly right. Listen, I get amazed at preachers that I know of that's been preaching for five, six, seven years in sin. Nobody knew about it. It gets found out and everybody's like, Mm-mm. Oh my goodness, can you believe that? And then you're left wondering after it's over with how in the world people went for five and six years and didn't know the spirit of God wasn't around the place. It's spooky. It's spooky today, friend. People are running on mechanics today. We better get serious about telling truth. you know, this is simple. This is simple tonight and I'm done. I promise you, I'm done. It's simple. We've complicated the fire out of the ministry. We have complicated the absolute fire out of the ministry today. It's as simple as this. If you ain't right with God, get right. And if you ain't right with God, and I know it, I got to preach on it to help you get right so that you can get right with God and go out and do something for the glory and honor of God. Because I can't win the whole world. Brother Gene can't win the whole world. Brother Shane can't win the whole world. But I'll tell you this if everybody in the church won, got one lost soul in by the grace of God, we'd at least double the size of our church overnight. Isn't that amazing? Listen, all we got to do today to double the size of our church is simply this. Every one of us, let's go on a lost soul. We went on a lost soul, get them in the house of God, and we've doubled our people overnight. What are you saying? I'm saying it's complicated. This ain't hard today, friend. The problem is it's sin. It's always been sin down through history. And friend, today, the, the bunch of compromising preachers that'll say, we can't preach on sin, sickens me. It sickens to me to know him, and guess what? It's everywhere, and it's all over the Baptist churches today, friend. It's time to start telling people the truth. Love them, have the right spirit. Listen, we can love folk, take care of folk, loving people. Loving people will cause you to tell them the truth. Let's all stand to our feet tonight. I'm done. I don't feel like we need to give an invitation tonight. We're going to pray, and then we'll dismiss. Okay, Heavenly Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for your blessings on our life. And I pray, God, that you take the message tonight and help us to apply it not only uh, to the church, but to our families, to how we respond to people in general. God, I pray that the ones that we need to help in our family, we'd have the courage. Lord, not only the courage, but the testimony, God, to back up that in which we tell folk. I pray, Lord, that we would live a life that is pleasing unto you. Not if there's something that is wrong with us on an individual level that is keeping us from being able to be the witness that your book and you tell us that we are to be, that you would reveal that, that we would get that right and that we would move forward for the cause of Christ. I pray God that we would not sit on the seat of do nothing and Lord enjoy our padded pews and let a lost and dying world go to hell that we would do our best Lord to be a witness and tell folk with love in our heart the truth, including our wives, including our husbands, including our sons and daughters, including our cousins, aunts and uncles, Tell the truth. Lord, we know the truth. We'll set them free. We love you tonight. Help us to do our part and leave your part alone. Help us to do what you expect out of us and let you do your job and stay out of your business and just do what you tell us to do. We love you, praise you, give you glory and honor for all. Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. All right, I love you tonight, church, whether you think I...